uh, 6.03, call uh, this meeting to order. And um, again, I just welcome uh, Tracy Novick from ASC as uh, we kind of do um, a superintendent evaluation workshop. Uh, we'll note uh, this meeting is being recorded by Franklin Matters. I thank you all uh, for attending. Um, so yeah, so good to see you all again. Um, and also, thank you. I was just comparing notes with a field director from another state online. We were saying it's always so lovely. This way school committee members always watch out for us. I'm like, you know, it's going to be okay. You're going to make it all right. So um, I should be able to make it back to Worcester without any problem. Um, so first of all, I just want to commend you again, um, because not only are you doing professional development and you're doing it together with your administration, which is fantastic, but you're doing evaluation of the superintendent at this point in the year, rather than when I get panicked phone calls in like May and June when school committees go, so we have to evaluate the superintendent. And I'm thinking, yeah, and you have to evaluate them based on goals that you were supposed to have already done, and there's supposed to be a mid-cycle review, and we had to find a way to gently walk people through stuff that should have happened six months or nine months ago, and luckily we're not there with you all. So the sheet that you have in front of you is, is designed to try to give you a couple of the visuals that we're going to talk about. The triangle on the front will look familiar to you. We've already talked about student achievement being the driving um, force here. I'm going to go quickly just through some of the kind of high-level overview and then get into the kind of nitty-gritty of what the evaluation itself looks like. <clears throat> just from a kind of general historical perspective, um, educator evaluation is mandated. Um, it is written right into the state regulation. Um, the evaluation that you do for the superintendent is done in parallel with the evaluation of every other educator in Massachusetts. This is something that was relative, that it actually is relatively new. By relatively new, I mean within the last 15 years. Previous to that, um, school committees kind of had their, kind of do their own thing. Um, and the act relative to the achievement gap passed in 2020, uh, signed into law in 2012, made it such that superintendents are evaluated with a rubric parallel to that of the rest of educators, teachers, principals, everyone else in Massachusetts. Um, and the thing that I think is particularly important, um, in, a, in addition to sort of the stuff we usually would tell you, which is that this is part of your general purview in terms of making sure that goals align, um, is that it is focused on improving practice. Um, so the, the end of the thing here is not supposed to be a, you got an A, you got a B, okay, we're done. It's supposed to be, here are things that you're doing well, here are things we feel you can improve. And again, that is in parallel with <clears throat> teachers, with principals, with everything else, that these are designed to be <clears throat> evaluations that are growth oriented. They're designed to be focused on Here's what's working well, here's what you could do better, here's what we'd like to see in the future. So I think that's a really important sort of framework to be thinking of this with when you think about this. Um, some of this is probably outdated at this point. Components may be new to many school committees. And this is partly because it wasn't necessarily popular when we started going out to school committees and saying, hey, y'all may have been doing your own thing, and guess what? Desi's got a rubric for you now. Um, annual evaluations are largely required. There is a requirement that the standard format be used by every school committee. There are some flexibilities within the system. Um, so do you know that there is a rubric, it is mandated, there are pieces of it that you can flex within. So now we get into the, some of the, the things that I have on here, um, which is to, in, within the 
evaluation document itself, um, there is built in this five-step cycle, okay? So school committees, I feel like, deal with a lot of different cycles. You deal with the budget cycle, you're dealing with another one here with the evaluation cycle. Um, and with, then within the evaluation itself, there is a evaluation for, uh, document which has two parts to it. And then within that document, there is a multi-part rating system. So in terms of the five-step cycle, um, it does start with self-assessment by the superintendent. There then are goals that are proposed, usually by the superintendent, that are then adopted by the school committee. And again, this is in parallel with every other educator. Um, it is ultimately the evaluator rather than the evaluated that has the authority to set the goals if there is any difference or any discrepancy. Those are then implemented over the course of the year. Partway through, there needs to be a mid-cycle review. Um, this is when sometimes I also will see school committees start scrambling and asking for rubrics and so forth. There is not one. Formative mid-cycle review is actually an informal presentation by the superintendent, usually at a school committee, that just says, here's what he, reminder, here are the goals, here's where we're at so far, here are some things we're running into. If there's a need for flexibility, if there's going to be a need for any of the goals to potentially change, that's something that can be part of the conversation. But there's not a document that the school committee fills out, turns in, any of that kind of stuff. Um, you then go through another round of implementation, and then there's an end of cycle review. <clears throat> and again, for most um, superintendents in Massachusetts, this is something that is done um, annually. It's done every year for superintendents. Superintendents that have um, extended service School committees can agree to aid every other year evaluation, but that's something that we definitely recommend only after there's been a lot of, everybody's really got um, a solid in terms of where they are. So again, five step cycle, there's a two part tool and then the multi-part rating system. So to go into some of the other pieces here, um, <clears throat> within the rubric itself, you're go there are, go there are standards that are set by the state. This is the section that is the same for every superintendent in Massachusetts. Within each standard, there are then indicators. Within each indicator, there then are descriptors. That, can, that sounds a little confusing. Let me give you an example, okay? So there are five standards under which superintendents are evaluated. The first one is professional leadership. Within professional leadership, the first of the, of the um, indicators is on curriculum. And then essentially what you have is a number of descriptions as to what it would look like for the superintendent to be uh, performing within that indicator at different kinds of levels. Within the standards, they can be scored exemplary, proficient, needs improvement, or unsatisfactory. Now the document actually describes within instructional leadership, within curriculum, if you are proficient, what exactly does that look like? That means the superintendent monitors and assesses progress across all schools and content areas to ensure that all instructional staff implement effective and rigorous standards-based units of instruction consisting of well-structured lessons and measurable outcomes. I'm not gonna read the other ones, but the idea here is that you look at that and you say, based on the evidence that you've been given, based on what you have witnessed, which of these, which of these descriptions actually matches your experience of what you've seen from the superintendent, okay? And that's gonna be true of each of these within the descriptors. So that was a lot. Let's talk a little bit more about how it actually works. 
Um, <clears throat> when you get to the actual evaluation part, the first thing that you're going to need to do is actually create an evaluation document. Okay. Now, that means that <clears throat> you need to already have adopted, agreed upon, goals for the superintendent for the year. Okay. This is why I again say that I'm really glad I'm not having this conversation in May because we get to this part and go, oh, but now you have to evaluate the superintendent and maybe you haven't done that. Luckily you have, okay? So everybody knows already what are the goals, right? We've got that. The other thing that um, already exists are these five standards from the state of Massachusetts, okay? And again, within each standard, there are indicators essentially that break apart each of those standards a little bit more granularly. What does it mean to have instructional leadership? Curriculum's one part of it and so forth. There's an operations and management part which talks about budget, it talks about facilities, it talks about a bunch of other things, okay? So in, within each of these standards, you have those things. All of the five standards have to be evaluated, but, and this is the thing that is actually a fairly recent change, um, the school committee can decide, can agree with the superintendent, not to evaluate all of the indicators, okay? So you have to hit instructional leadership, you have to hit operations and management, you have to hit family and community engagement, all five of them. But within those five, remember there are subdivisions, you can agree at the beginning of the cycle to say, you know, this is a year where we really need to have a good focus on curriculum. That doesn't mean that, you're, that the superintendent isn't paying attention to the other things, right? Superintendent's still responsible for all aspects of the superintendent's job. But it means that when you go in and you focus on, when you do the evaluation, you're gonna be really honing in on the work that you've decided together is important that year. And we recommend this because this can be a really good way of taking the standards and connecting them to the goals, right? So one of the goals of the superintendent for the year has something to do with the implementation of a new ELA curriculum. This is a year where you probably really wanna focus on that curriculum indicator. If this is a year where you've decided that one of the big things the superintendent really needs to work on is facilities and how facilities are being kept up or how they're being put forward, within that operations and management standard, you may, want more, you may want to choose that facilities one. And in fact, something you can do, although within the experience of all of the field directors in MASC, this has actually never happened, you can as a school committee decide, agree again, agreeing ahead of time, to weigh the standards differently rather than have it essentially be a fifth, a fifth, a fifth. Like this is the year where we absolutely have got to make sure that our family and community engagement is top notch. That's more important than anything else we're doing. We're gonna have that way more than the other things. I'm not sure if it's because it's extra math, but again, we haven't actually seen a school committee do that. You can do it. It's written into the directions. We just want to make sure that you know that. And if you do that, you then need to let us know so that we can stop saying this. The other thing that is important for there to be clear communication about, right, is how are you gonna know? And this is really one of the things that um, has been really important. There, there was, within the last, let's see, four years, there was actually a very close um, network that worked between MASS, DESE, and MASC in terms of updating not so much the mm -hmm. regulation mm -hmm. and that sort of thing, but he's the late thing is talking. Yes. Um, but, but, how the school committee actually worked its way through the evaluation, 
Okay, so that's where we get into this. You have to evaluate all, all standards, but you don't have to evaluate all indicators. Previously, you had to evaluate all indicators. The other thing, though, that has been part of this is we really recommend that the school committee have a good conversation about how you're going to know that the goals of the superintendent have actually been achieved. Because school committees are in a unique position when it comes to evaluation of educators. Because, of course, if a principal is going in to evaluate a teacher, they're actually going in and seeing the teacher teach, right? Superintendents evaluating a principal, they're going in and seeing some of the active work of the principal. You actually only see the superintendent, for the most part, it, within the realm of the superintendent at school committee meetings. Most of the work of the superintendent takes place someplace else, we hope, okay? Which means that the, the how do you know if the goals are being achieved, how do you know if the standards are being met, is a really important conversation to have. Some of that is going to be documentation, right? There, I've seen myriad of school committees that are going to base something on what the data shows in terms of reading scores or MCAS scores or graduation rates or AP tests that are taken. Um, but, you know, facilities, it could be whether or not work orders are fulfilled or whether or not you've gotten to a particular point in a building project. Um, how, what is the documentation? What is the, the evidence you're going to see in order to show that something has happened? Okay. Um, now, I also really strongly, or not just I, but all of us really strongly recommend that this not be something that essentially is an isolated conversation. One of the things you might remember that we talk a lot about at the association is how the, re the responsibilities of the school committee interrelate with one another, right? So your collective bargaining agreement has budgetary implications. The goals of the school committee should be supported by the budget. The superintendent's goals should be based on the goals of the district, all of those kinds of things. This is another one where you should be seeing the superintendent working towards those goals by, by what you see during school committee meetings, by reports that are delivered in school committee meetings, by other things that are happening over the course of the year, okay? The last thing I want to see any school committee go through or any superintendent put together is what I saw happen when I was on a school committee the very first year this new evaluation system came out, which is that I sat down in the school committee office with three binders that were this thick and the brand new rubric in front of me that I think was 25 pages long. That's not how this should work, okay? That's not how anybody should be doing this. You should be seeing over the course of the year how this works. So what does that end up meaning? When you agree on goals, that conversation about how are you gonna know that you got there is really important. It's easy for school committees to create goals that are high-minded, that sound really good, but when you get to May or June, are you gonna be able to tell that they happened? Because that's really the question. How are you going to know that they happened? How can you tell what's the evidence, what's the outcome? Um, within the rubric, again, we recommend you not use all of the indicators within every single standard. Got to hit all five standards. Don't have to hit every indicator, okay? Um, and this is another one where we admire the energy of school committees that are always wanting more, more, more. Um, but we want for everyone's sake, both for the superintendent's sake, because you don't want the superintendent going in 25 different directions, but also for the school committee's sake, so you have a realistic ability to actually weigh if particular things have happened. Not too many indicators, <clears throat> preferably. Are 
are you going to be weighing the standards differently? Are you going to do essentially a fifth, a fifth, a fifth? Or are you going to be saying, this is the year we really need to focus on family and community engagement? And if you do, please let us know so we can actually talk about the fact that you do. Um, and then in terms of evidence, how is it that the superintendent's going to show you that you've actually gotten to whatever the point is? How is the superintendent going to demonstrate mastery of these particular indicators within every standard? All right, what is that going to look like? Um, and then finally, and this is what I'm saying in terms of you don't want to have those giant binders at the end of the year be your first look at how you're showing this. Over the course of the year, as you're having presentations, as you're having discussions, as you're doing the budget, as you're doing the presentations on various kinds of results that have come back, everything else that you're doing, how are you going to be seeing the work towards these goals and the work towards mastery of these standards? So what is required versus what is optional? What is required? You've got to have goals within three areas, right? Superintendent has to have proposed, you have to adopted at least three goals, and those goals have to cover district improvement, one on district improvement, one on student learning, one on professional practice. Do we think you should have seven? No. Do we think you should have five? We think you should think seriously if you're heading towards five, okay? Do you have to make sure you've got those three, but let's make, again, Remember that the thing that's happening is that in addition to the goals, you also need to have the superintendent showing you ratings, sorry, in all four standards, I've been saying five, in all four standards, okay? And then you have an overall summative rating. So what's gonna happen is, and is that what, did you give them the rubric? Is that what they're all I gave them uh, my approved goals okay. and the whole layout. Look at that. that I, See? It's, yeah, we're, we're in sync. You're doing that, favorite. right. So you then see within those four standards, right, you've got that layout of here's what it looks like to be proficient. Here's what it looks like to need improvement and so forth all the way down the line within each of the indicators. Now, I always say that when you go to actually fill out the rubric, um, and maybe this is showing that I'm a little bit dated in my references. Have any of you ever filled out a tax return by, by hand, a 1040 by hand? Okay, you know how you start on page like five, and then you have to like go back mm -hmm. and start the, the same thing is true of the, of the rubric, okay? I've not, I've, I, I keep using that as an analogy and then I get all these puzzled faces from people who've only ever done it online. You, you don't actually start at the beginning. This is what happens There's to your no father's, this is right, this is what happens to your father's a CPA if you grew up with these references. Um, you actually have, the, the overall summative rating is on the front, okay? So you have to do the evaluation of the superintendent according to the, the goals. Did they, how did the superintendent do in each of the goals? And how did the superintendent do within the chosen indicators in the four standards? Mm -hmm. Then you go back and give a summative rating, okay? Now, things you don't have to do. You don't have to use all the indicators, the way the standards differently, when do you do this? Every June, I get emails, usually from executive assistants to superintendents. When do we have to have the evaluation done by? There's not a deadline. You have to do it annually, but the cycle you choose to use is up to you locally. Okay. Um, how is the evaluation used? There are districts in which the superintendent has something within their contract that's tied to the evaluation. That's up to you. Uh, you also, it also can be a place at which school committees have conversations about contract renewals, 
um, change in benefits, any of those kinds of things. Um, and then the process for completing the evaluation. And this is, I guess, a bit where the rubber he hits the road. The thing you need to know is that every individual member of the school committee needs to individually fill out one of the rubrics. Okay, It's part of your job as a school committee member, part of that um, responsibility you have within Chapter 71. What should you have in order to do that? Um, generally, when you get to the end of the evaluation cycle, superintendent completes a self-evaluation of some kind. That may be a presentation to the school committee, that may be something written, it may be a rubric, how they do it, how a, su how a superintendent does it depends, but that is something you should have walking into your own evaluation. You then need whatever evidence you've agreed upon. Is this documentation? Are these reports you've had over the course of the year? Is this particular kinds of data? What is it that you actually have decided is needed in order for you to know if the goals have been met and where you're at in terms of those standards? Um, and then you do need the rubric. So, every individual school committee member fills out their rubric. Then this is the part where you have to have to agree upon process as well. Okay, there are school committees in Massachusetts that have the composite evaluation because you're only going to legally submit one evaluation done by a subcommittee. The one caution I always offer, because sometimes that sounds like a good idea, is that subcommittee has to meet in public and has to create the composite evaluation in public because there's no grounds for an executive session for this. Okay, um, evaluation the superintendent done in public. Most committees I'm aware of have those individual evaluations go to the chair. The chair then creates a composite evaluation. Now the temptation always is for the chair to, to turn this into a math problem and start averaging numbers, right? One of the things that we caution chairs about, <coughs> and then more largely caution school committees about, because the composite evaluation is going to be something that you're going to approve, is you want to make sure that not just the actual numbers, but the message from the school committee is what flows through the composite evaluation. Okay? Remember back at the beginning I said this was about improvement, that you want to be actually like leaving this at a place where you say to the superintendent, here's some stuff you think we think you're doing great on, and here's some stuff we think you could do better on, and here's how. I always say that the comment section is the most important part of the evaluation. And I'm always concerned when I see school committees put together a composite evaluation that only has numbers and doesn't have any words. Okay? Um, so really the challenge I always think for the chair is to make sure that there is some form of a united message that comes from the school committee through the evaluation. Doesn't mean you all have to agree, okay? I rarely do school committees entirely and fully agree across the board. But if there are places where the school committee is saying, hey, you know, we think you're doing really fantastic at this particular thing, and here are some particular places where you, we think you could do better within this standard or in meeting this goal, or here's how we think you've met this goal, but now that you've met this goal, we're realizing this other thing. Those are things that are really important because, not just because the superintendent needs to then move and learn and grow from this, because the next thing I'm, that I'm gonna tell you that you need to do is start the next cycle of the evaluation again, which means you come up with new goals. Hopefully, those are in part stemming from the evaluation that you just conducted, right? You just spent all this time thinking about, hey, here's the places you're doing well, here's the places you could do better, and maybe also here are some things we really think we probably should have been focusing on that we weren't this year, right? You're going to have another round of that conversation and start the cycle again. Those are things that should actually be, we hope, flowing through that conversation, okay? 
Ultimately, that composite evaluation created by the chair or the subcommittee um, is a public document, okay? Um, if it is going to be shared with the superintendent ahead of the meeting, that is fine. Just realize it only goes to the superintendent. As soon as it goes to the school committee, it is a public document. It needs to be shared with everyone. School committee should all see it as well. And then you actually have a conversation in a public meeting and say, here's the composite evaluation. Here's what, where we are with each of the goals, met the goals, didn't meet the goals, partly met the goals. Here's where we are with each of the standards, exemplary, proficient, and so forth. Keep in mind, by the way, school committees do tend to have a little bit of a grade inflation issue. Um, we all know, most, most school committees in Massachusetts think highly of their superintendents. Exemplary literally means that you would take your superintendent and you would say, this is an example, an example of how this should be done, okay? So we always caution both school committees and superintendents. Um, proficient is a fantastic score. Okay, if you are proficient at doing these things, that means that you're doing it well, you're doing it fully, you're doing it um, in a way that actually well serves your district and your community. Okay, there's never anything to be ashamed of in terms of proficient. Um, the other thing is that new superintendents um, get, I believe it's called improving, rather than need, no, not improving. Needs improvement is actually called something else for the first couple of years. And then the only other thing, no, we talked about the SAC ruling because that was my cautioning you not to, um, not to, not to, to be thoughtful about where you give the, the composite document. Um, excuse me. Yes. Um, so question on that with the composite document. So you mentioned um, can be either compiled by a meeting of the subcommittee or just by sending it all to the chair of the um, of the subcommittee um, for the chair to put it all together. And so I just. For clarification on that point, there isn't a requirement one way or the other, and the and the the end result is the same. There's the only need or the only reason to have an open meeting of the subcommittee would be if, for whatever reason, we just want to do it all together. But so, but the end the, result wouldn't be the end result different. is a single composite document. Yep. There are some school committees that have an evaluation subcommittee mm -hmm. that exists usually only to do this. Yep. It's really up to the committee as to whether or not you want to have an evaluation subcommittee or you want to have the chair, it's usually the chair of the full committee, yep. um, put the composite together. Okay. Yes. There's, um, I will say that I run into the subcommittees more in regional districts where sometimes people get a little elbowy about, well, we got to make sure that the, each of the towns is represented within the blah, 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 blah kind of stuff, which happens a lot in regionals with board signing and all kinds of other stuff. But that's it, yeah. Um, and then how comments will be handled. Okay, so there are lots and lots of resources, both from us and also resources from the department. But I gave you a whole lot of information, and I've seen various levels of like frowning and eyebrows and so forth across the the thing. So I want to make sure that I haven't entirely lost you. You've got good. You've not only got my information in front of you, but you also have what you actually sort of the the local perspective on this. So. What questions do you have? What can I explain better? What would you like to know? So, yes. So you harped on this multiple times, looking <laughs> at the weight difference. Mm -hmm. Why is it the no Odessa? I'm not kidding when I say that I really think it's the math. <laughs> and also, I think committees get concerned. <clears throat> Honestly, I get committees that are concerned about the fact that they don't, about, don't use all the indicators. 
Um, there are committees that are convinced that somehow if they don't evaluate the indicator on budget, I don't know, the superintendent's not going to put a budget together or something. Um, so I, I do think that some of it is committees being concerned about, well, if we say that this is more important, we're saying that this other thing is less important, and does that mean that somehow that's not going to happen? Also, I do think that committees feel like this is complicated enough without making it more complicated. You are, by the way, keep in mind, the only people in Massachusetts who actually use the evaluator rubric who are using it as a professional. Like, this isn't your full-time job. Um, so, you know, pat yourself on the back because there are certainly educators who find it mesmerizing and they use it all the time. Is there a guideline for the number of indicators we should use? <sighs> no. It might be. I, go ahead. I was going to say it might be good to, I could point out a few pieces of the document because we, the, la the previous committee that approved the goals picked out or approved certain indicators in each standard. Mm -hmm. And it might be good to just walk through this now that it's like real. Um, just to kind of, and it's everything you said, Tracy, yeah. completely in line with, with what we said. Yeah. Um, Do you want to plug this can in? Can I just plug in quickly? Yeah, absolutely. And then I would welcome you making any comments that support no, this is, what I, you're saying. I, this is the most useful way of doing it. Um, and I shared it electronically because there's links in the there's also links in the um, in the electronic version I sent you like to the rubric just to make it so, okay so basically um, one you can expect an update on goals usually we do it throughout the year uh, starting in late winter early spring of here typically I've done over three meetings where we've said oh we'll do like goals one and two today uh, goals three and four this year just looking at how stacked we are with budget and a few other items you'll see you'll get an update on goals early April um, potentially late March and then I will then present my evidence as superintendent later on in the uh, in the year uh, in May typically so just to give you a sense it's in this document but I wanted to kind of point that out so this just starts with our district improvement plan. ultimately I oversee there's a lot of different people that do the work that a superintendent will, I'll, sh I'll provide evidence on of outcomes, uh, but ultimately I'm not, I'm not in every instructional, I'm not leading every instructional charge, for example. There's a lot of people involved in our system doing that. Um, I put the, just the evaluation basics in there, uh, so you can see kind of the cycle and, and what's in there. District improvement and plan is in there too, just as a reference. I thought, I was picturing if I was evaluating, I wanted everything in one packet, so I don't have to chase like chase things down. Just make it easy. So these are I've already been discussed and presented, but these are this is our district improvement plan. It's in there for you, so I'm not rushing. But I thought you could look at that in more depth. So then we get into the goals, and you heard Tracy mention this first. My first my professional practice right. goal. So how am I getting better as a professional? I'm in year two of a program that's the new superintendent deduction program. There's 22 of us, I think there's 20 now actually, two, two in, I'm in year two. But there's 20 of us that are in this program, we're a cohort, where we go to class. It's almost like a, like a master's class. You go to a group of people, we have assignments, we have to read, we have to participate, and at the end, they approve, and it's like they basically say, you participate in the class, you've met the expectations, and I'm assigned a coach who came to a meeting last year, introduced himself. Uh, Michael's Dr. Sullivan came and introduced himself to the committee. I would anticipate maybe in the spring I could have him virtually, maybe when I do my evidence, to just connect the dots so people can understand who I'm working with. So then what the way I, I set this up was I was trying to think about 
I find it hard, and I remember this even as, a, as an administrator in a building, if it wasn't clear to me on what I'm going to be looking for in the spring, like we, it sounds good in the fall, to your point earlier, but then you get to the spring and there's two things I don't want happening. I don't want you wondering what you're going to expect, and two, I always hated seeing people or myself scrambling to figure out how can I demonstrate that I met this. So then I'm picking things that I think meet it. I wanted to declare it in the fall so that it's just what you can expect. So if you look, I've set it up around, here's the actions that I'll take. Here's any type of process that will occur. And then here are some outcomes. So when you get my evaluation evidence in the spring, I will take this document, I will make a copy of it, clean up a few things, and then I will live link evidence specifically where it says outcome, where you can see the outcome of that work. And that's just a way to try to help you organize, like what are we looking at and why? And um, that seems to, I, I received positive feedback about how I've mm -hmm. done this. Just thinking like an educator, how would I want information if I was trying to do this? There's so much that you're expected to look at, evaluate, oversee. It was like, let's just look at what was approved, and then if this has been approved, what's the outcome, and where's the evidence to support the outcome? The second goal is instructional practices. So UDL, we kicked off at the start of the year. You've heard us mention that. You'll get an update during the school committee meeting from groups of people who are very close to this particular goal that I'm working with to implement. And then you'll see here's the action steps, here's the process, and then the outcomes. So I already could link the pre-treat, the administrative retreat where we did this, my back to school presentation. Those three, I've already thought like, how do I make my life make sense? Those are live things that I've actually done that I can put right in there and I'll speak to. The other ones still need to be developed. I have, I have A-team agendas. I won't flood 50 of them in there, but I'll find ones that are specific to this goal and demonstrate where this work continues. If we move forward to budget and fiscal management, this is a big one. Uh, this one, I talk about the action steps, the process, and then at the end, what can you expect? There's a timeline, there's a budget book, there's a host of presentations that will occur from the subcommittee to the school committee to FinCom to, to the town council uh, that are all evident, and you probably have witnessed a lot of my work. Um, Tracy talked about how right. not only will I be presenting to you, but you'll probably be witness to me presenting to other groups or involved publicly in some way. So some of this work lends itself to, oh yeah, I did see that. Last year, redistricting was a goal. There was pretty public, so people could kind of see what was happening, and there was evidence to support that. I'm just trying to be mindful of time. Um, this is the comprehensive school assessment and visioning. I'll have an update tonight in my superintendent report of where we are with that, for example. There'll be other dedicated meetings where we talk visioning and we start to engage stakeholders. You are obviously involved in that process, but you'll be able to see and witness some of that work. There'll be some uh, written and there'll be presentations, there'll be pieces of the job that you'll, that'll demonstrate throughout that time that the work that we've put into that particular process. And then um, for the standards, you'll notice uh, these are the, this is the proficient language. So mm -hmm. I thought just to kind of connect with the dots, I put the proficient language in because anything less than proficient is not good. I also am of the same mindset. I'm a United States Marine. Proficient is what you're expected to be able to do. So I don't take. Um, I've, I've had people. I've had subordinates who've got upset if they weren't exemplary, and I have to have this conversation. But I'm not one that's um, 
I don't get hung up on that. I want to oh, And developing is the word, by yeah. the way. As a second year superintendent, right. developing, right. He, he would not ever get needs improvement. He might be developing in an area. And I, and I would obviously strive to be exemplary. I'm not, I'm not closing the bar, but I'm just being realistic yeah. and honest with you all. Like, my goal is to do this job mm -hmm. the best I can. And I, I, I expect that I am meeting the standard. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. That's what I uh, strive to be, but I also would, obviously, I have high expectations for myself. So I don't want to make it sound like I'm packing it in, but I see proficient for what it means. Mm -hmm. It's meant to be. So just to kind of put that in, out there. And then finally, this is the part I thought might be helpful as well. The previous committee that approved the goals, we had all of them laid out. So what I did was I put all of the indicators, and then we basically picked like power standards for this particular year and this cycle of what would be important. So the UDL goal, it already tied in. So I'm trying to create some synergy between my goals and the standards in which they meet. Because I can't really do 33 things and show you 33 pieces. I, I guess I could show you evidence, but I don't know how useful that is, to your point earlier. So these indicators for every standard, we've picked out ones that address some of the goals that already exist. So it's almost like, um, I forget what they call that, but. They should, I mean, that actually like was the intent, was that for the indicators to be actually be supporting the goals, so that you're really only evaluating almost a single set of things rather than these sort of two separate things. Yeah. Right, so there, there's examples of where I would just show that. And then, and then the timeline at the end is the last piece, is just kind of how this plays out. So updates from central office, district people on our plans through winter and spring, mm -hmm. May, submit my evidence, and then June is usually when a report oh, you is do developed. Have it done in our district, uh, it's previously been, been done since I've been at a, in a central office role where you had a subcommittee, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it, you're not required. However, I think to funnel the work and synthesize it, it seemed to have made sense for previous committees. That's ultimately a decision that you make as, right. as a committee. So that, right. I would say that this, by the way, is an exemplary document. Thank you. This is, it's very, it's very well constructed and it does a good job of walking the school committee through. Well, thank you very much for yeah. saying that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not proficient. Yes. <laughs> um, anyway. um. No, this is MISC. We're always happy to swipe things. So you should. <laughs> Watermark that. So does that make things, well, it's already got the, the seal, right? Yeah. So that may make things clearer, right? Mm -hmm. Because it, now you actually see how that goes with what you're actually doing things based on. I'm glad you already had the indicators indicated then too. Yeah, the only thing that I, I, you said that struck a bell was the um, needs improvement. Yep. Last year we had needs improvement, and that was Lucas and Mr. McGear's first year. Mm -hmm. So he should be developing. So, yeah, exactly. So I think yep. Good thing to know. Yeah. Yes, and and again, as much as obviously, I think everyone is striving for for um, proficiency. There certainly are going to be things that we expect. I mean, it, there's as much as there's jobs that are like being a superintendent. There's nothing quite like being a superintendent. And there's I I would expect that every superintendent is going to have some stuff that they're like still figuring out um, in the first couple of years. That that is again not giving a sort of an escape hatch, it is actually intended to be more accurate in the language. That the, the idea here is that, you know, this is somebody who's going to get it together, they just haven't figured this particular piece out yet. But I guess, why is it only for new superintendents? So I figure that would be applicable across the Why are they all developing? Well, yeah, why couldn't it be like a, a more seasonal? I think the idea is that eventually you, 
eventually you stop developing and you just need improvement? Um, that's a very good question. <laughs> I mean, the hope would be the hope would be right if the if the idea is that these are always intended to be documents that are directing improvement. That even the needs improvement is sincere. That you know we are saying you need improvement, and we we think that you could you could actually achieve the improvement. Yes. Yeah. This reminds me of the conversations the Board of Ed has about like what they're going to call all of the categories within MCAS, mm -hmm. right? How do we make sure we put this in a way that says, no, we actually think that you can do this better? Mm -hmm. What else? So, not necessarily for you, Tracy, I guess for the committee and Morning Dave. Um, I thought we had a, uh, a subcommittee established. Yes. Uh, it looks right like now. you might from that, well, yes. Well, so, we did, yeah. but I was looking at like, our, our list and who was on it, and I didn't see it on the website. So it was just oh, that could just be an oversight. should be uh, Dave, Paul, and KP okay. uh, with Dave um, McNeil chairing. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's not on the website. Okay, I'll talk to Dave about that. Thank you. Go. And, uh, but that it was, you know, I, I felt like, you know, hopefully it was helpful just as a committee at large, because obviously even though the three of you will kind of be doing that, you know, kind of composite evaluation, will still, every single one of us will be having, uh, you know, be, be playing into that. And just kind of from, from um, personal experience, I found it's incredibly helpful to, to kind of be taking a look at this now. Yes. And kind of keeping in the back of your head, rather than, you know, 72 hours before it's due, and kind of cramming <laughs> for that test, and, and trying to remember a year's worth of, um, of data. And so, um, but I'll definitely, uh, get that updated. Thank you very much. Well, and particularly because with seeing some of what some of the goals are, like you're you're entering your budget cycle, right? So this is really the time to be looking at some of that stuff. Um, you just had a conversation in your budget about some of the facilities kinds of stuff. Like there's pieces of this that even from the places that I've been in your meetings, I can already see places that would be informing your evaluation coming in May. So, um, so yeah, definitely. The, this is not one, this is one where you want to be thinking as an evaluator kind of all the time um, and not in that sort of like, you know, very critical, but like how is it that we're actually seeing these things working themselves out and being implemented over the course of the year? It seems to like the sub, some subcommittees would have a better take on what, yep. you know, I mean, unless we're tuning into every single subcommittee meeting. Um, like mm -hmm. I might defer to Dave a little bit to be like, you know, what is Dave thinking about the finance part, or like what am I thinking about the community relations part, or whatever? So, no, and I, I do, I, I do want to encourage you to. You each have a unique perspective, sort of regardless, too, right? Like sometimes the question I get is like, okay, well, I'm also a parent. Well, how does that bring to the table? Well, you should be evaluating as a school committee member, but there's there are different things that each of you knows or has seen by virtue of that. So, I mean, it, it is valuable to be bringing those different perspectives forward. Yes. Yeah, the budget, the budget subcommittee is going to have more perspective on that. But then also, how well are you informed if you're not on the budget subcommittee? What does that look like? So, you know, those kinds of things, too. Yep. Actually, when we're submitting this, is it supposed to be entirely um, anonymous? No, you have to sign your name. There is a line to sign your name. And also, the thing you should know is that while the composite is the document that ultimately goes to the department is the official one that's discussed and you vote on, your individual evaluations are a matter of public record. Okay. Um, so someone can file a public document request and, can, and does have to then be given the individual evaluations which do actually have to have your names on them. Sometimes that shocks people. Just but signatures? Superintendents are evaluated in public. Why is that logical? We're good. 
Thank you. Yeah, Paul, just to give you a heads up, so like last year, I don't know if we'll do it again this year, but we had an electronic submission form, which was really great way to do it. Um, so it's not handwritten or anything like that. So we're about six signatures. you got to come up with some way to make your online signatures legible. <laughs> I, 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 I said I could get a, <laughs> a wild He's going to work on that now, between now and May. <laughs> anything else? I think you have 10 minutes for Twizzlers then before your meeting. Tracy, would you be able to share this presentation? Absolutely. Thank you so much. This yep. was extremely helpful. Yes. Helpful. Yeah, thank you all so much, Tracy. I, I really appreciate oh, yeah. everything. I've been bombarding her with emails and calls all, uh, all week long leading up to this. Yeah, but a lot of them were about like my physical well-being and whether or not I was going to make it here in one piece at home. Like, I'm not going to complain about that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so then. Uh, Seriously, that's fantastic. Thank you. Uh, without. Um, Unless there's any other questions or comments, I'll entertain a motion to adjourn. So moved. All right, is there a second? Second. All right. And then uh, all those in favor, please say aye. Aye. All right, all right. 6.48, we adjourn. Yeah, just enough time for some more snacks before the meeting. <laughs> Thank you all very much. Thank you. Thank you. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve.com at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. And by the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.